0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone. Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Red Sox reporter, Ian Brown. And, Ian, we're going to start breaking down the Red Sox roster position by position as we get closer to spring training here on the podcast. A little over a month until pitchers and catchers report down in Fort Myers. Uh, we're going to start with, well, there's a lot of excitement around the entire roster, really, as far as this Red Sox team goes. But when you talk about a young nucleus, you got to kind of start in that outfield, and it's very impressive. So we'll start our positional breakdown with the Red Sox outfield, and that starts with the, I guess, the Killer Bees, which is probably the worst nickname ever. I'm calling, uh, you
1: know I'm, I'm calling them the Baby Bees.
0: The baby bees, that's so much better. <laughs> I like that much better, but obviously, um, you have Mookie Betts, who was so close to, to being an MVP in 2016, uh, Jackie Bradley, and of course, now Andrew Benintendi. Red Sox fans hope is the uh, the lockdown guy in left field. Um, there's your starters. We'll get into the bench pieces as well. Uh, but I think we got to start with Betts because here's the guy who. Has become a superstar. I mean, there's no more what will Mookie Betts become. It's what is Mookie Betts. And in 2016, that was a MVP-type caliber player who did a little bit of everything, the power, the speed, the defense. Can he do that again, I guess, is my first question, Ian, or or should Red Sox fans maybe count on maybe a slight regression because he was so good in 2016?
1: Yeah, I mean uh... – he could do it again just because he definitely has the talent to do it. I mean, you just watch this guy uh, sometimes when he's going well, and you think, you know, there's, there's nothing this guy can't do. Uh, you know, he's got power, he's got speed, he hits for average, he's got a great arm. And by the way, he's only 24 years old. So, you know, the one thing you wanted to pitchers get any kind of book on him, you know, after another full season of it, bats from him. Um, he did. Tail off uh, a little bit late in the year, power wise. So it bears watching to see if that continues, if they might have spotted something in the swing. But, uh, you know, personally, I don't see any drop off of anything at the age of 24. The scary thing is for guys who face goofy is this guy can still get better at at his age.
0: And maybe one of the the most impressive things about these three guys is basically they're all center fielders, um, but only one guy can play center field. uh, And that guy. Is Jackie Bradley because defensively he's he's the best among them. He's a guy who could win a Gold Glove out there, and he's got the arm as well. He's kind of got the the total package. And then there's the streaky bat, which is the one thing that um, sometimes gets frustrating. It's certainly not frustrating when he's in a hot streak and he's and he's getting hits in 29 straight games. I think it was last year before it was finally snapped. When he's on one of those rolls, you just kind of ride it. But then. He has this tendency to to fall into the droughts as well. Is that the the only thing left for Jackie Bradley to kind of conquer? Is his streakiness?
1: Yeah, you know, it'd be nice to see um, Jackie Bradley just develop a little more uh, consistency. but you know, just the way it is, some guys are streak hitters, and they're always going to be streak hitters. You know, but he's had a uh, you know he had an OPS of 830 or higher uh, the last two years, uh, so even with the streaks, you know, I guess he'll take that because it's worth it if he's going to carry you for a month, like he did the last two years. And, uh, you know, by the way, when he's not hitting, he's playing elite defense. Uh, He's saving runs. He's making uh, shot-dropping throws uh, from center field. So he's just uh, a very exciting player to watch. But, yeah, that that one missing component, really, for – for JPJ would just be, you know, if he could somehow uh, minimize those slumps.
0: Betts is obviously a guy who's going to be in the heart of that order. Um, You know, they may move him around a little bit, but he's a guy who can certainly be that that three-hole hitter, that that number two hitter, um, anywhere towards the top of that lineup. Where is Bradley's ideal spot? We see him sometimes at at the back end of the lineup, obviously. When he was red hot, they moved him up. But if this Red Sox team's lineup is kind of maximized, where would you like to see Bradley hitting?
1: Well, you look at the way their lineup is, Tim, and they got a whole lot of uh, you know good right-handed hitters. You're looking at uh, Pedroya, Buki Betts, uh, Hanley Ramirez, Daner Bogart. You've got a lot from the uh, you know from the, from the right from the right side. So you kind of need some balance from the left side. So I look at it as either Benintendi or Bradley. I think he's going to kind of have to emerge into sort of a, uh, you know, the top third of the order guy so you can separate some of those righties. Um, Honestly, I think Benetendi might be the better fit for the number two spot. I think Jackie Bradley Jr. is a guy who, for whatever reason, he's most comfortable when he hits ninth. You know, you'd like it. I think it's for the betterment of the team um, if he can get a little, little more comfortable Take hitting sixth or seventh, but uh, you know, right now I, I, I'd say that uh, you know Bradley, he's probably going to be uh, you know the highest he would hit is sixth, but I would say you'll see him anywhere between sixth and ninth, just because for whatever reason he seems more comfortable when he's not in one of those high high-profile spots in the batting order. I remember covering Bill Miller, and this was a guy who won a batting title in 2003, batting eighth, and Terry Francona tried to hit him second the next year, and Miller said, "Look, uh, I'm not comfortable there." And he hit eighth again and had another great year. So some guys just like, uh, you know, kind of laying in the weeds a little bit. I think Bradley kind of falls into that
0: category. And maybe because of the streaks we see, that kind of helps out too because higher up in the order, you want a guy that you can kind of depend on for the long haul. But if Bradley's kind of towards the back end, batting ninth, once he gets on one of these roles, wow, that really lengthens the lineup. But when he is cold, it doesn't hurt you as much if he's batting ninth. So that does make a lot of sense. All right, how about Ben Benintendi? Obviously, of the baby bees, uh, he's the, the youngest, the the big, the, ba- the babyest. I don't know what to say. But uh, he's a <laughs> sure, guy who definitely. came up, obviously, late last year, Ian, and he showed that he can play at the major league level. It was a small sample size, but it was certainly impressive. Um, was it a big enough sample size that the Red Sox are fully sold on what this guy is going to be able to do at the major league level?
1: I really think they are just because, look, this guy has hit um, everywhere he's been his entire life. He's just such a polished hitter, and he doesn't go outside of himself. He never puts too much on. He goes goes to the pitch. He doesn't swing. He doesn't go out of the strike zone. And for a guy his size, um, he's got some power, which we didn't really get to see. Uh, it just wasn't enough uh, sample size up there at the major league level to see that develop, but you know, for a guy his size, he probably has uh, at least 15 home run power, uh, which is pretty good for a guy who's kind of he, he makes Dustin Pedroia look tall, I think. Sometimes. So yeah, I mean, defensively he's very good too. We all made that. We all remember that catch he made over the sidewall in left field last year. He could play all three uh, outfield spots. Probably best off in center, but also gives you a very good uh, left fielder. So yeah, just a lot of excitement with Benintendi and just the fact, you know, I remember him hitting a home run in his first at bat in the playoffs. You know, here you have a 22-year-old kid in Cleveland in game one and go deep. So that just shows you something about Benintendi and how nothing really seems to uh, unnerve him.
0: He's a guy that they, they talk about the bat speed, and, and that's where obviously the power comes from. He's not a big, muscular guy. You mentioned how small he is. Is that something that you, you see, right, that you can see, you know, from the press box or watching batting practice, just the, the bat speed? Because I know I talked to Jim Callis about it at MLBPipeline.com, and he says he's rarely seen the kind of bat speed that Ben Benintendi is somehow able to generate. He's not exactly sure how he does it.
1: Yeah. I mean, the one reason we might not appreciate it as much is because we watch Mookie Betts every day, and Mookie Betts has the best bat speed, you know, Maybe I've seen, say, like Gary Sheffield. I mean, those, those wrists are just so quick, the way he, he turns. But, uh, yeah, Ben and certainly has similar qualities and, uh, you know, reminiscent of Pedroy a little bit in that he always seems to barrel the ball up. He doesn't hit many. Even when he makes out, it doesn't make very many soft outs.
0: All right, so that's the starting outfield, we would assume, on opening day with Ben and Tendi in left, Bradley in center, Betts in right they get a solid bench as well, though. Obviously, Brock Holt can play all over the diamond, and ideally that's what he's doing, and and he doesn't have to kind of fill in for an injury in one spot for a long period of time. It seems like he really thrives the most when he's able to move around. So he's one guy you can plug in, but he'll also be playing around the infield, I'm sure, at times. Chris Young is more the definite fourth outfielder. So what is Chris Young's role this year? Because we know how good he is as far as a platoon bat – but it seems like those three outfielders that we have, that they have there, none of those guys is going to be platooned for. So is Young just going to give guys days off throughout the year if everyone's healthy?
1: Yeah, Chris Young is going to play against every lefty the Red Sox play this year, and that was the plan last year. And that plan was utilized until he got hurt, and they actually lost him for a couple of months, and kind of a big loss at the time. But, yeah, he'll play uh, against all lefties. He'll play against some righties. And, uh, really, I think um, the good thing is that you know, with David Ortiz retiring, you know, maybe one of the only good things with David Ortiz retired is that, you know, you don't really need to look to give Bradley, Ben and Betts as many days off this year because you can slide Chris Young in as, as the DH against lefties, too, because Hanley, sounds like under their alignment, Hanley's going to play first base against most lefties, which, again, opens the DH spot for. For Chris Young, so you don't have to, you know, force like a Bradley or or a Benintendi uh, out of the lineup as much as you might have uh, last year, just so you can get Chris Young the playing time he needs.
0: So Holt can play all over. Obviously, is he more likely to get more innings in the infield rather than the outfield, especially with the questions still yeah. kind of hovering around Pablo Sandoval?
1: I think so. The way it worked out this year, you'll see you know, quite a bit uh, in the infield. I think. And look, last year. Yeah, you know, between Ruse Castillo falling off the mound, um, Blake Swihart getting injured, and they hadn't yet called up Benintendi, that opened up a lot of playing time for Holt in left field last year. Um, I think you're best off of him. Uh, even giving Pedroia some days off, And Dander Bogart. Look, Dander Bogart, I know I'm kind of getting off Camden here, but he played too much last year, and he wore down, and I think that was a product of how much they needed Holt in the outfield. Now you can put Holt at shortstop. Uh, so, yeah, I think that Chris Young is going to see the bulk of the backup uh and to the outfield
0: this year. All right, great stuff, Ian. We'll work our way around the roster uh, throughout the rest of the offseason, but that's a great spot to start off with uh, an outfield that should be exciting, dynamic, and really one of the focal points of this Red Sox team. This has been MLB.com Extras, our Red Sox edition. For Ian Brown, I'm Tim McMaster. Tune in again next time.